All right, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to Thoughts in the Shade, episode 47. And for all of our wives, sisters, cousins, anybody out there who's a mother, got to wish you a happy belated Mother's Day. Hope you were taken care of uh, on this Sunday, on the holiday. Uh, us us here at Thoughts in the Shade, we, we know we wouldn't be much without our old ladies. So, so shout out to all the moms out there. But We'll just bring him in quickly. I mean, what's up, Bob? How was the weekend? What's up, G? Total washout. Weather was, uh, you know, obviously not too good, but otherwise a solid weekend. Six Sixers clawed their way back into the into the series. Just great to see. Really is. Um, but speaking of Mother's Day, I, I don't want to get off get off the topic just yet. I believe we've got a bone to pick of the week right <laughs> right off the hop here. Let's and, just uh, let's just fire it away. We're, we're, we're going to have two bones to pick this episode, so a little bonus uh, for all the bone to pick fans out there. But just throw it over to you, Mother's Day, bone to pick. I mean, it, it's a great day. What could go wrong? Well, plenty can go wrong, and I'm not actually talking about the day. It's a wonderful day. We should all celebrate our mothers, but I got a lot of problems. I'm like Frank Costanza. I got a lot of problems with you people. Uh, you know, I don't think there's a day on the calendar. That's worse to like pick up your phone in the morning, afternoon or evening and click on that little purple pink Instagram logo. And, and let me tell you why that is. Right. You click on there and it's just incessant. It, it doesn't end. I mean, it's just. It's disgusting what these people do on Instagram on Mother's Day. It's like a trip. You know, you would think everyone's mom. First of all, a couple things. Let me just make sure because. Sixers fans get a little upset when I talk about processors. Do you include me? Do you not include me? Let me make sure. Let me talk about who I'm talking about here, okay? If your parent has died, I'm not talking about you. Uh, If your wife just had a a kid and she's a new mother and you want to do a post for your wife, I'm not talking about you. What I'm talking about is the guy who lives in like Old City or Fishtown and whose parents live an hour or two away and... They don't, you know, mom and dad don't have an Instagram, but yet we're hearing all about mom on, 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 on the kids Insta stories. And, you know, I saw 10 picture slides the other day of mom and how great mom is. Mom's not even on Instagram. Did you call her this morning? I mean, we had that post ready to go. It's like posting about your mom is not going to get you laid. All right, guys. Like, I don't know what else to tell you. So that's my bone to pick these guys that just. You know, the mom's not even on Instagram, and yet we're doing a full day on Instagram about mom. I totally agree. It's a full day scroll fest through everybody's pictures of of their mothers. And and yes, they're important. We love them. But I think it's just kind of the overarching issue of social media and technology in today's world that everybody needs to to put something out on Instagram or Facebook or Twitter in order to feel like validated, like just, just get up, make the call, cook some, cook some breakfast or take her out to brunch, uh, some flowers, a card, you know, do the things in real life to, to make, to make your mom feel special. And and I totally agree. If, if she's on Instagram or all the other criteria that you had kind of mentioned, one post is great. I, I don't need to click through, uh, a 10 slide Instagram story, uh, or, you know, the mother-in-law, the grandmother, 
Um, oh, the, you know, the, the grandmother the, one's a good one. The grandmother, the, the godmother. Um, you know, they're all they're all out there. But like, if if they're not on Instagram, they they don't even see it. So so who's it really for? That, that's kind of the question that comes to my mind when I see this stuff. It's like a self congratulatory post to show that you're like a decent human being. It, it's so virtue signaling esque. Like, you know, I'd compare it to like going to a soup kitchen and taking a photo shoot. Like, look at me on Thanksgiving, like serving soup to the homeless. Like, that's how these Mother's Day posts feel. Just feels a bit fraudulent. Not fraudulent, but. I don't know. It it ain't right, man. You tell me. I'd love to hear from the listeners. But, I mean, come on, guys. Like, we got to clean this up. Yeah, just get it. Just get it done in real life. That's that's what I'm saying. But. um, IRL. IRL, yeah. Again, we love you, moms. Thank you. Let's move on. Uh, we did have game four uh, of round two, the NBA playoffs for our Sixers on Mother's Day. Uh, we had game two Wednesday. Uh, I don't think we spoke about that on the last episode. We had game three, the return of Embiid, the phantom of the process, the mask. He came back Friday night uh, in dramatic fashion. But long story short, I mean, we got a series now. Uh, they took a drubbing again in South Beach on Wednesday. Uh, I don't know how you felt, Bomb. I-, I know they got worked in the first two games, but, like, they hung around. And, like, every time they got within 9 or 10, like, really in game two, it, they were just hanging around that 9, 10, 11 mark. And they just couldn't make an open shot. And then on the on the defensive end, you know they're gutting it out, a lot, a lot of good effort, but then they they can't grab a rebound. Um, so I think I said it on the pod, and and obviously I'd, I'd Sixers and seven, but like with Embiid coming back, even though we were down two zero and in the hole, like I, I thought we had a shot, and, and here here we wait, stand wait, wait, Monday. Hang on, hang on, give yourself a little more credit. You say we you thought we had a shot. You were the most optimistic guy in the city. I mean, there were processors that were writing this team off. Oh my God, they might get swept. I honked out harder than the processor somehow. <laughs> you did honk out. That, that never happens. But, yeah, Friday night, uh, got the win, big win. Wasn't much of a game. I thought both teams looked kind of shaky. But just having him beat back down in the paint, you know, helping out the defense uh, and, and kind of drawing some attention on the offensive end to open things up for your boy Danny Green, Pogo Stick Green. I, I don't know if he listened to the podcast. I know he's got a podcast of his own. Uh, I don't know if you owe him an apology or if you have anything to say, but the guy's put on for the last two games. Where did that fraud go to college? I don't know off the top of my head. Where did that fraud go to college? I don't have it for you. Let me verify this. Make sure I know what I'm talking about here. It's loading. He's not apologizing, though. Yeah, as suspected. You know where he went to college? He went to college at the greatest choke university there is. Uh, uh, Caleb Love, uh, Hubert Davis, the University of North Carolina. That's right. Look, I'm not going to apologize to Danny Green because he supported what happened in that national championship game, which was disgusting. I mean, so, you know, what do you want me to say? I'm I'm not going to apologize to the guy. If anything, I think... Calling out his shoe colors was really what did it. He changed out the uh, pogo stick 
uh, 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 colors. Uh, he went from what green to pink to red. I don't know what he did, but the pogo he swapped out the pogo stick. Yeah, the green and pink pogo stick is what he was rocking in game one or game two. And then I think Friday he he switched over to a yellow, and I didn't take note of what he had on last night, Sunday night in game four. But um, I don't know if it's the rims. I don't know if it's the uh, the optics in the center. But shot a lot better in Philly than he did at South Beach. And the Heat obviously shot like shit in games three and four. So it'll be – I'm Spe- curious. Speaking, to... speaking of shit, though, I mean, like, I, I don't mean to kill Danny Green because he had a couple, you know, he had a better, better run here at home. Is it me or does he run down the court like he's got a diaper? Like, you ever watch him run down the court? Like, he runs very oddly. There must be something coming from, like, the nutrition staff because you got Doc Rivers hobbling up and down the sideline, too, like he's shit a loaf. So I don't know what they're cooking and feeding these guys, but hopefully it's uh, there, there's no gastro issues going around the team at, at this time of the year. But I'm interested to see game five because – the Sixers couldn't throw a ball in the ocean games one and two, and then it felt like the Heat couldn't do it in three and four. Um, but obviously the big difference was the return of Embiid. I talked about you know, the spacing, drawing the attention, the rebounding. It's uh, It's really been a world of a difference, and I don't know that I totally expected them to, to kind of dominate in three and four with kind of a, uh, a hampered Embiid. He definitely looked better Sunday than he did Friday. Um, but I've got some faith, at least for the series. I, I, def, I definitely got some faith for this series that, that they can get it done. They should win this series if they play the way that they played in, in three and four. Um, if they can build a lead and front run a bit, especially in the fourth quarter, I think they'll be in good shape. Where I get concerned as a longtime Sixers fan is do they, do they have the ability to close in a close game? We haven't seen a really a close game yet uh, down the wire. And we know Miami has a closer in James Butler, James Butler. Um, So we'll see, man. Butler's been playing his his heart out. And uh, I think in a one or two possession game down the stretch, fourth quarter, something you'd have to consider. I mean, Embiid has always been prone to the ill-advised turnover. We know Harden's not a guy that typically in the past – has made big shots in the biggest moments. Miami's got that guy. So, you know, I think the Sixers can get it done. I think they should get it done. But in a close game, look for Miami to have the edge. You're not going to will yet. Can and should, but no will. That's right. Okay. All right. Yeah, speaking of Jimmy Butler, I think last episode I called him a B-level star. I I don't know if he took (laughs) that personally, but I guess I just haven't really watched a ton of the Heat and a ton of Jimmy since he left town. But, man, that guy's a dog. He can really still play. Um, I, I I don't think I meant it as, like, a knock. I just kind of think about, like, the Durants, um, you know, and, and this is kind of dated, too, but, like, the LeBrons, uh, Giannis, all these guys. Like, I kind of think of them first, and I, I don't put Jimmy Butler in that tier, but but he's, he's got to be right there. Um, and to be fair, he led a, he led a team to the, to the finals – and Embiid hasn't done that. You know what I mean? Like the guy, he's not, you're right. He's not a guy you think of as like a premier star, but anytime you flip on a game where he's playing, I mean, the guy can just ball. Absolutely. Both ends of the floor and can always create his own shot. He's always hammering somebody on defense. He's uh he's a treat to watch and you kind of miss him sometimes, but 
Tonight he was James Butler. James Butler. Do you remember? Do you remember that? No. For, for, <laughs> you didn't. You didn't get the uh, get the joke there. I missed it. With uh, the original process HC Brett Brown, when Jimmy had you know a game of his life, and I think he hit like a game winner or something. They asked Brett. It was right after they traded for him. They asked Brett Brown, "What? Well, what does it mean? You know, what did you think of Jimmy tonight? Well, tonight, guys, he was he was James Butler." And they asked, they asked, they asked Jimmy about it. And Jimmy Butler goes, yeah, my name is literally just Jimmy. Like I wasn't named James. It's just Jimmy. Check the birth certificate, Brown. Come on, man. James Butler. So if James Butler comes out, we are effed. Maybe, but maybe not. If, if James Harden continues to come out, like he did in game four, I think he made six threes. He was making the step backs contested he he made a catch and shoot one i think in the fourth quarter that that was nice um turning back the clock i heard that one thrown around today and last night after the game but i mean in in reality like if he does continue to play like he did in game four then who's to say that that the sixers don't have the closer i i don't know i mean i know it wasn't uh, a seesaw back and forth but the game was still in reach and the guy was knocking down shots to Keep the heat at arm's length. I'll tell you who, if I was Glenn Rivers and I needed a guy to, to close out a game and hit a hit a shot or a big three or whatever, I wouldn't be looking at Embiid. Uh, you know, you obviously got to – or sorry, not Embiid. I wouldn't be looking hard and obviously you got to feed Embiid. But, like, the guy I'd be going to, I mean, I've just been stunned by by Maxi. Like, this, this entire – I mean, the guy is, like – Jack and threes. He always looks like he's a little bit out of control, but somehow like these runners and these floaters that he throws up, like go down. I mean, the guy's unbelievable. He throws up like one out of control shot. That's like pretty ugly a game, but the rest of them, you think it's going to be the same result and they end up going in. So I'm with you on that. Uh, I know I got on him last week after game one, didn't have the greatest game one, but I think he came back with like 34 in game two. And I'd have to check the box scores for three and four. Um, but set, certainly made his presence felt and known. Um, I don't know if you had anything else on the actual series. I mean, do you want to change your pick? You had you had Heat in five. Uh, we're going to game five. It's not going to be decided in five. I mean, you, you didn't throw out the will, get it done. I'm just wondering where you're at. I mean, I think – I mean, flip a coin. I think, the, I think the series likely goes seven, and the question you have to ask yourself is – you know, does home, does home court advantage hold up over the course of the series? And, and then the other question is what I hinted at earlier, like over the course of these next three games, you know, which team can you reliably count on to, to close it out? And, and it comes down to players. Um, so for me, I'm going heat and seven. Yeah, I still got sixers and seven, but like. I'm optimistic. I'm excited. I'm encouraged by how the Sixers are playing obviously with Embiid back now. Um, yep. But you haven't seen the the killer instinct, the ability to close out a tight series or, or a tight game kind of from the Embiid-led uh, era of, of Sixers basketball. So I think game five will tell us a lot, right? Like they didn't have Embiid in Miami the first two games. It was what it was. Now they got Embiid back. They look like they're rolling, you know, Harden with the big game, turning back the clock. And now they go into South Beach where Miami's been good. They've shot the lights out, defended well, and, and fed off the crowd. So I'm looking at game five as kind of like 
the tell-all. Um, if the Sixers can hang, even if they lose the game, if they hang tough, uh, don't turn the ball over and look solid, then I'll still be confident even if they lose maybe a close game. Um, but I'm, I'm going to stick with Sixers and seven. I think uh, I think that the starting lineup, obviously the bench is often talked about and, and is problematic uh, despite some improvements from, from those guys in games three and four. But I think the Sixers starting five uh, – and I'm not a stack guy by any means, but there's something out there that the Sixers starting five is like the most efficient unit in the playoffs. Wow. So we'll see what happens. Game five, Tuesday night in South Beach. I think we're going to learn a lot uh, after just a wild first four games to this series and everybody hold and serve on home court. Um, but speaking of guys that – you know, I was talking about the LeBrons, the Durants, and we talked about Jimmy Butler. I, I want to talk about a guy quickly who who really I don't know anything about uh, in Nikola Jokic. And, and apparently today this guy is uh, the back-to-back NBA MVP. Um, and I know the Sixers fans, the processors are up in cahoots. You know, the league doesn't like the process. The league doesn't love Embiid or doesn't love Philly and this and that. And I know I've previously said on the, the pod here that the MVP award like doesn't matter and we should just be worried about getting a ring. I still feel that way. And, and I still don't think like it should be anybody's focus on the Sixers or in the front office or coaches or anything. But I mean, who the hell is this Jokic guy? I understand he, he puts up these numbers that these like stat nerds are, are enamored with. Um, but I read something interesting. I think it was a tweet I read, and and I hate not to give the person credit who put it out, but it was something along the lines of, like, back-to-back MVPs are, like, reserved for the greats, like the Jordans, the LeBrons, the Durants, and, and so forth. And then you got this this guy, Jokic, the Joker. Like, he literally is the Joker. The guy is robbing the league. He's got back-to-back MVPs. And as far as I know, he's got, like, minimal playoff success. So I don't know if it's a flawed award if they should wait till after the playoffs to award it. I don't know what the deal is. Um, and, and I hate that everybody kind of hammers on it, especially in the midst of a playoff run. We should be worried about one thing and one thing only. But, you know, I'll, I'll empathize with, with the MVP people out there these days because I think it's been made clear in games three and four how valuable Embiid really is to the team. Do you know anything about the – I'm not, not talking about the processes in Joel or the Sixers – do you know anything about the NBA MVP voting process? No, not really. I don't know anything either. Um, is it like is it like writers who vote on it, and then it, where do the where do the tallies go? Does it go to the league? The league announces it. I think the league announces it. I think uh, Woj, the ESPN guy, I think he announced it this morning on Twitter. But yeah, I believe it's it's writers that cast the votes. So I have a conspiracy theory. Why is this coming out now? Like That's this, a good this, question. this was not. When does this normally get announced? Like this was a wo. This was a Woj sources tweet, right? This wasn't like he's been named the MVP. Like this is he's going to be named the MVP. Is that accurate? I believe so, and I think also like they usually give out the award like at a pregame at a home playoff game for the MVP. Like they gave Tyler Hero. I think the six-man award at, at one of the Heat games. Um, well, yeah, they award it the following year, right, at a home game? 
No, I think they award it the the year of because wasn't the rumors last week like that Embiid was going to come back Friday and be named MVP? Like that, there was chatter about that out there. So what do they do get, when a guy's not in the playoffs? That that's what I don't know. This is just phenomenal. Well, anyway, I got a I have a conspiracy theory that you know with this being leaked, sources say that Nikola Jokic is to be named MVP. I think that was the league leaking it obviously to 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 woge and the media and the reason for that is one one word ratings they want philly they want boston that's what they want in the eastern conference finals so they saw this miami team continuing to play well and they just happened to leak this and they want to add a little fuel to the fire for joel Embiid and the sixers that's what i think this is about but that does not excuse these sports writers. I mean, it's an absolute joke. Let, let's let's go through uh, Jokic's year and talk about this. He was the first player in NBA history to eclipse 2,000 points, 1,000 rebounds, and 500 assists in a season. He averaged 27.1 points per game, 13.8 rebounds per game, 7.9 assists per game. Okay. I mean, the guy's Bobby Abreu in a basketball uniform. Let's just call it what it is. He hasn't won shit. He's a stat stuffer. I look at Joel. Joel, on the other hand, averaged 30.6 points per game. And when you do it on an adjusted minutes basis where you look at the 48 and you look at efficiency, I mean, I don't know if he actually officially finished better than Jordan, but up until like the second or third last game of the year, they were talking about him being more efficient offensively than Michael Jordan on a permanent basis. It is a disgrace. It is a joke to award this Eastern European soft ass Pillsbury Doughboy looking motherfucker in Denver of all places, the MVP. We have a star here in Philadelphia and you guys, all you Sixers honks, all you processors, you kill me. You say you don't like Embiid. You don't like the Sixers. I am defending this guy right now. It is criminal that he was not voted MVP. And I'm not the guy on Twitter who's going to be talking about it in February. Hell, I don't care about it right now. This is just a total injustice when you think about the marketability of these two respective players and the markets they play in. But let me tell you something. This was leaked by the league. This was a pure ratings play. They want to get Philly in Boston. They want to drum up the, uh, you know, the news uh, guaranteed. So I'm upset. I'm upset. But. You know, Joel Troel, the phantom of the process, this guy is going to be fired up. So can't wait to watch game six. Well, game five and game six. Yeah, we got we got two more guaranteed here, man. It's a beautiful thing. But we stand tall. We stand firm with the processors today on Embiid and, That's right. and on the MVP. Um, and like you said, you know, we're not worried about it in February. Uh, I didn't have I didn't have an MVP MVP ticket out there and there is that portion of the fan base that that focuses way too much on and there are a lot of normal fans out there and i i talked to a guy this morning he said i'm not really so upset at the fact that Embiid didn't win i'm just more upset that they awarded it to this bozo in denver right like Based off of all these advanced metrics, I think the one thing is called warp. I, I couldn't tell you what the hell that means. Um, but it's it's a guy in in a pretty garbage market, uh, if you ask me, in, ter- in terms of the NBA, who 
isn't like a household name in the game to me. And maybe maybe I'm just not a basketball guy, but I think a lot of people would agree. Um, so we're with Joel. Um, you know, he's had a great year. His impact uh, is is really clear, whether he's stuffing the stat sheet or not. Uh, just his presence on the floor. Um, so highway robbery by the NBA, but you just hope it fires the guy up. I heard, I heard a lot of calls on sports radio today throughout the workday that, you know, this is a good thing and that, you know, bet, bet the over on points for Embiid in the next game and 50 burgers and this and that. So, hey, you know what? If it lights a fire under the guy's ass and, you know, pushes him over the top to potentially go win a championship, I think we mentioned it before when we were repping people about talking about the MVP prematurely, but the greatest thing he could do is go in the finals, grab that mic and say, who's your MVP now, bitch. I don't know if you watch the, uh, the, the Lakers show on HBO, uh, winning time with, yeah. uh, uh, with, uh, John C. Riley as Jerry Buss, the whole thing. Uh, well, the, the last episode, the most recent episode they whoa, had. Whoa, whoa, uh, we spoiling here? Are we spoiling something? I, I'm not fully caught up. I, I've been viewing. Wait, wait, but wait, wait. I, you're not fully caught up. It's it's about like a season that already occurred. What do you mean not, you're not fully caught up? All right. Maybe, so, yeah, you got a point, I guess. So uh, Magic is in, you know, at the spectrum, battling against Julius Irving. I won't, uh, listen, I won't reveal the, the, the outcome of the game, although it happened, you know, 45 years ago, whatever it Before is. Before I was born. So Magic is sitting there. He's exhausted. He's exasperated. Kareem's out. He's got to play center. He's doing it all. And he's seeing double, man. The guy's dehydrated. And uh, Pat Riley comes over to him and just says to him, there's three minutes left in the game. And they break the huddle after a timeout, and Magic ain't moving. Like, he's not feeling good. And uh, Riley looks at him and goes, 63-3. to And Magic says, what? And he's like, 63 to 3. And Magic says, what, what, what are you talking about? And he goes, that's how they voted in the rookie of the year voting this year. 63 votes for Bird, three votes for you. And Magic got right up off that bench. So you got to hope that Joel has a little bit of that fire in him. He's got to channel it, man. No, that's a good story. That's been a good watch. There's just there's a lot going on right now. We had Ozark. I don't know if you're an Ozark guy. Uh, the, the last half of season four, which is the the finale, the final season, Ozark's over. So I had to get back to that and crush that. Um, not sure how I felt about the ending. It was, it was okay. It wasn't like a game of Thrones botch job, but it wasn't, uh, totally satisfying either, but that's besides the point. Um, anything else on the Sixers? Uh, I, I did, I did want to talk about uh, a local, you know, car salesman, uh, that was, in attendance at the center last night, but anything else on the series? You got Heat in seven. I still got Sixers in seven. Now let's let's move on to uh, my dealer, who I didn't even know was my dealer. You didn't even know it. He's your dealer, and you didn't even know it. David Dodge. We're just gonna call him David Dodge. Um, I mean, I know everybody was on it, and it was all over social media Sunday night and today. But I mean, I think we were on it pretty early. I mean, I, I saw the original shot on the t- on the television, Kyle Lowry dribbling, dribbling the ball up the court, and I see this guy just catching Zs on the baseline, just totally assed out in the middle of the game. It was the third or fourth quarter. So I texted you, texted some other friends, and I was like, did anybody else just see this guy totally assed out sitting on the baseline? 
And then within like a few minutes, everybody on socials all over it. Um, you know, our graphics fella, AKA bomb, he was all over it, put up a hilarious video on the Instagram, but I don't think, I, I mean, I've seen like fathers or mothers at, at games, like, you know, the five overtime hockey games and they're holding the kid and the kid sleeping. I don't think I've ever seen a grown ass man sleeping at, at like a raucous <laughs> playoff sporting event. So like, I don't know what kind of day this guy had or, or what the deal was. Um, but I thought the other thing that was funny, and I don't know if you noticed this, but you could see him in the background and you, you had to be watch, clearly watching the game to see it the first time through. But then they kept they kept using the same camera angle a- after you originally saw him passed out and he was nowhere to be found. And then the video surfaced Monday of somebody like car- not carrying, but, you know, guiding this guy uh, ba- back to the concourse. So never seen anything like it. I mean, what was your take, Bob? Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't see see a guy passed out in real time like you sent me the video. And if you recall, like, I'll, I don't think people connected two and two, like who it was like. They just thought it was no, I definitely didn't. I didn't. Like people just thought it was funny because it was like this kind of like chubby fat guy sitting front row just passed out of the Sixers game in like the biggest moment. Right. It was like the th- end of the third quarter. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm looking at this guy and and uh, there's some rumblings, but no one like confirmed it. I'm like, that's 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 my car dealer. That's David Dodge. There he is just zonked out. So I had to put together the little, you know, it's tough to find like commercials online because they come up on the TV all the time, but you can't. So I found the perfect one. He had he had a commercial that aired during the Eagles Super Bowl where he's this, you know, such a down to earth guy. Look, enjoy the game, man. You know, but when it comes time for you to buy a car, just think of me because we'll be there. I'm your dealer and you don't even know it yet. Like his commercials bother me. And, you know, I don't know what it is. It's his little shtick like this, you know, like he's like he's not going to screw you. Like we know you're going to screw me. You're a car dealer. Like it just is what it is. But. Yeah. So, and then, and then he does the little, did you hear the little media tour this morning where he gets, he gets up on uh, I guess it was WIP or, and he said, yeah, well, I was in Atlanta. My, my uh, daughter is checking out of college. And then we drove down to Maryland yesterday. And then I came back for, and then we did brunch. And then I came back for the Sixers game and I jetted down there and yeah, I might've had one or two beers, but it wasn't because of that. I was just catching a cat, cat nap. Listen, pal. Okay. A cat nap. A cat nap. All right. Like to G's point, he was nowhere to be found later on. And then you you're saying there's video of him getting carried out. Look, you said it right. Nobody in a big playoff game, you know, should be passed out. I will say I have been to multiple Eagles games where the game means nothing and the tailgate meant everything. I'm not sitting on the field. I'm sitting up in 244 and I've caught some Z's. I mean, I've shut the eyes for a couple of plays, but but not to the point where I'm sitting at the, I mean, those guys are six ten, seven foot. They could come barrel into him at any time and wake him up. Bombs with David Dodge catching a cat nap at the hey, game. Look, you got to do what you got. to not saying it would have been me in a playoff game, but I, you know, I've been there. I got to, you know what it is, what it is. It's a long day. You know, first of all, eight o'clock start. I mean, think about it. That's ridiculous. I mean, what is this Monday night football? It's a joke. Sunday nope. night. No, I thought my first thought was that this I, I had no idea who the guy was. You know, I'm I'm not in touch with, uh, I guess, the local, you know, car, car sales, commercials and whatnot. But 
my first thought was that this guy did the triple header because you had the Phillies play a double header on Sunday. Uh, I don't know if it was 1230 and 4:30 or something like that, but there were two Phillies games and then obviously the Sixers game. And you mentioned the late start. I was like, man, this, this poor SOB has probably been getting after it since like 10 o'clock this morning. I mean, that's the only way you could, you could realistically pass out at, at a place that's so raucous like the center was last night. So, I, I, I will know. I will say yeah. when I posted the video and I did the mashup, like for about 10 seconds before I hit post, I thought to myself, I really hope this guy's asleep and not dead because like nobody was reacting next to the guy. Like for all we know, he could have just had a heart attack and like he's laying back. He's like eyes are shut. And like the guy, his sales director, the guy next to him, like just left the guy out to dry. Didn't even give him an elbow or anything. Yeah, you, you got to know that you, you there's a chance you could be on TV sitting in those seats. And he was just assed out, just catching up on some rests and didn't have a good wingman with him. Nah, nah that, that can't happen. But yeah, he, he the, the media tour Monday was saying how he, uh, you know, he woke back up and he caught the rest of the game. I, I, I think that was a total bold face lie. Yeah, uh, BS. Because there was video of somebody escorting him uh, to the concourse or something. So let me ask you something: if you're if you own a car dealership and you are caught on camera, passed out, and people assume you're 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 buzzed up or drunk or whatever it is, I mean, I feel like you got to lean into that. Like your next commercial has to be like you passed out at like the Sixers game, and. You know, you come on the screen and you just talk about like how you burnt how you burn both ends of the candle, man, just selling cars and, and supporting our teams. And you're a primary sponsor of the Sixers and you he wants to get you in a new car. You know what I mean? Like you have to lean into that, right? He's not Absolutely. gonna is he gonna continue to do this family guy shtick? I mean, you, you can still do the family shtick. You can do it all. You're burning both ends of the candle. Like you said, he's selling cars. He's doing family time, and he's supporting the local team. So, yeah, I mean, you should write the freaking script for the commercial and see if you can get a bag out of it. I will I will say, though, like, I think he, I think he's a little em, embarrassed, which I think is natural, right? Like, if, if somebody caught you on, on camera doing something goofy or picking your nose or picking your ass or falling asleep, like, you feel like an ass. Definitely. But like, if you own a car dealership, this is pure publicity. Like, how is he not running a promo right now? With every Sixers win, you get a hundred bucks off your next new vehicle. Like, <laughs> I mean, the guy, the guy's gonna be a living legend at games. People are gonna walk up to him and take a picture with him. Actually, David, no, don't smile. Actually, shut your eyes. <laughs> yeah, right. You 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 get a free pillow and blanket with your next purchase. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you gotta lean into this. Absolutely. Yeah. In this day and age, like I, I would definitely feel embarrassed, uh, for a time, but no, in this day and age with everybody capturing every, every movie you make, you have to lean into it. I mean, it didn't kill anybody. It was just probably had too much to drink and w- was a little worn down and passed out. I mean, it ha- happens to everyone. It just it doesn't happen to everybody. to everybody on camera. So yeah, I totally agree. Got to lean into it, get over that initial, uh, embarrassment and, and just make light of it. I think that's, there's positives and negatives to, you know, the world and capturing everything. But I, I think one of the positives is, is people being able to like laugh at themselves and, and, uh, ho- hopefully they can make a funny spin out of that, that occurrence. Free Serta with every Dodge Ram. 
You know what they say? All what is it? No publicity is bad publicity, or all publicity no, all is publicity. good. <laughs> well, is, I guess the corollary works too. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I got nothing else on the Sixers on on the on the NBA or anything right now. But I do got to ask you a question regarding the Eagles. We obviously talked to DZ a couple weeks ago. We talked draft recap last week. Uh, you know, you were excited. I'm excited. A lot of people are excited. Uh, but you came on this podcast last week and you said that we've got a Super Bowl team. You said this is a Super Bowl team. And one of our listeners pointed out, and I, I'll be I'll be in on this with you, that we we were quick to jump on the people that were hanging the banner for the Sixers when they got hardened. So, so this listener wants to know, did you hang the banner for the Eagles last week? I'm not hanging anything. I'm not hanging a banner. Um, there, you know, I'm totally blindsided. Obviously, I didn't know this question coming into the pod. You know, we do things rapid fire, live, live bullets here on Thoughts from the Shade. So I'm totally blindsided by this question. So everything I'm about to say is totally off the top of the head, but I'll purely rebut this bozo who asked you this planted question to rip me. There's a fucking difference between planning a parade for a regime that has already had a parade than the idiots down at the Wells Fargo Center. Josh Harris, Michael Rubin, uh, Daryl Morey, uh, Joel, none of them won anything, okay? Can you say that about Howie? Howie's done it before. Howie's had miraculous off-seasons that have led to championships, okay? Um, so... Yeah, was it a little hyperbole? I guess, yeah. I mean, look, I got caught up in the moment. I talked about the Super Bowl. I mean, yeah, this is what happens in Philadelphia. We talk about winning Super Bowls. But, you know, not mid-season where I'm hang- hanging a hanging a, a, uh, a, a banner. I mean, when have I, I've never done that. Mid-season, talking about hanging a banner? No, it's a long year. If, if, if the Eagles traded for a guy in week eight, I wouldn't be talking about the Super Bowl. Super Bowl talk. Let's get something clear. In the city of Philadelphia, is reserved for the offseason. It's reserved for up to and through training camp. Once you, once that first preseason game happens, you can't talk Super Bowl. Can this team win the Super Bowl? I agree. I think it's I think it's a fair conversation to have in the offseason, but I think midseason, any uh, acquisitions or moves, like there's not really much in football that can put you over the top midseason, right? Golden Tate, was I hanging a banner? No. I said, well, it's a position of need. Can I, can can he can he help help them contend? Sure, but like there was none of that. No. No, I just I had to ask it. I thought it was an interesting interesting question uh from the listener. And I, I knew you'd have a, a great response, but I mean that's that's what we do here on Thoughts in the Shade. You know, we 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 try to hold our athletes accountable and, and talking heads and us ourselves now as talking heads, we got to hold each other accountable. So I, I thought it was a great response, and, and we appreciate you taking one on the chin, Bob. Yeah, not a problem. I'm happy to point out the differences between a championship franchise and a poverty franchise. Speaking of guys that could point that out, uh, how about Ray Dinger hanging it up? Um, I think he's 75 years old. I don't know how long the guy's been covering the Eagles. Over 50 years. I guess he got a job. One or two years out of school, went to Temple and covered the covered the hometown team. Yeah, but WIP, NBC Sports, Philadelphia legend, Ray Dittinger. 
Uh, I believe his contract is up at the end of May, and he's hanging it up. I don't know if you had the chance to watch kind of the announcement on the radio on WIP. The video clip is somewhere on Twitter, probably on Instagram too. I was able to catch that, and he was holding back tears and saying he's looking forward to being a grandfather uh, and kind of relaxing and not charting plays every Sunday. So good for him. Um, I'm a big R Diddy fan. My old, my old man's a big R Diddy fan. Uh, just a guy that always shot it straight. Right. And I know that you, you got some examples you could bring forth, uh, for us, but just a super knowledgeable guy. I think he, and he was never really disrespectful with his takes or the way that he kind of brought his points or his knowledge. Um, and he, he, I guess you could say, like at this point of his career, right? He, he was a little bit of a boomer. So I see that, you know, some people weren't crazy about that part of it. And I, and I kind of got that too. Like you hear him and, and Glenn Mack now talking about Franklin Field in 1964, you know, from time to time and all that stuff. And you're just like, okay. But at the same time, like he earned that, you know, he's been putting in the work for such a long time. And just like I said, wealth of knowledge. Uh, he never really said anything too outlandish. He wasn't a hot take guy. Um, so just hats off to R. Diddy on a great career, and we'll definitely uh, definitely miss hearing some of those insights on Post Game Live. No, I, I couldn't agree more. I'm a huge, huge Ray Diddinger fan. Uh, I read one of his books, which was outstanding. Um, always enjoyed him on on Eagles Post Game Live. And in, in some ways, I, you know, depending upon the type of the, of year the Eagles have had, uh, you know, post McNabb, typically not not great years that was almost more entertaining than some of the games, right? You, the game ends, the guys are shaking hands and, and immediately you flip over to Comcast Sportsnet and poker's on, you know, they're still playing poker. And then you and get then the music. Cuts. It cuts, you hear the music. And it's like the best part about that entire situation is you're just, you just buckle in and you're prepared for the press conferences. You're prepared for Barcan going off. And typically the way it would go with like, with like Barkham, Barkham would spend the first like minute just going nuts, like a, like a rabid dog. Like this team stinks. This team, what are they doing? The clock management has been awful. They didn't run the ball. Can you believe it? They threw it 52 times. And then he like looks over at Ray and he's like, Ray, what do you got? And he, Ray just like pauses. He's got that power pause. He's got the voluminous notes on the legal pad. And he just he just looks dead in the camera and he just you know spouts off a line where he's like. You know, Michael, what you have to understand is that this just isn't a very good football team. <laughs> I mean, he, with one sentence, he like disarms everybody. It's like, what are we talking about here? They just stink. Um, so I was always a Ray fan. I always loved his little, the way he would pl- play off uh, Barkan's lunacy a bit on the post game. But probably the biggest compliment I can give Ray Didinger, and I don't know if it's a compliment. It might be kind of like a backhanded compliment, but I mean it from a place of of like uh warmth and 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 love for the work the guy poured out and he probably would hate this term but like he was the most objective homer like ever like the guy was the guy was obviously you know from the area and like like covered the eagles for so long but it's like it's one of those things where it's a very fine line between being a homer and being a journalist and like, not that he, not that he was a homer when he was, when he was working, but like the guy was, was super objective, but he brought like the viewpoint of the fan into the way he did his work, which I thought was, was one of the best, if not the best. 
Yeah, it's a fine line to walk. I think he did it well. Um, like I said, I I feel like he just always shot you straight. And you talked about Barkan going off, and I'm sure some of the other characters that he worked with over the years. But he just always brought you back down to earth and just told you what you needed to know. And, and he and he always had backup. Like the clip that's been going around of, I guess they had like a Philly versus Boston. Uh, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is like, you know, the set and maybe a debate or a discussion before the Eagles played play the Patriots in, in the Super Bowl in, in what, 18? And, uh, you know, the, the one guy, a little bit of a younger guy, the Boston guy, he was getting pretty heated. It was, and either, it was the dude from Felger and Maz. He was, you know, ripping the Eagles fans and ripping the city. And may, maybe some of the points were valid, but like Ray just had great rebuttals and he like totally ripped on Boston. And he was like, nobody would know that New England even had a football team before Bill Belichick, like just. <laughs> totally going off like he he just did a great job of like like you said being a journalist and like kind of also being a fan and like giving that fan perspective and and defending the philadelphia fans because we do have some like stupid fans in this city we have some fans that have no class but we have we have a lot of great fans we're a passionate fan base uh and all you could really ask for, you know, in a guy to, to represent your, your team or your city, like on TV, talking about it, you think about R. Diddy, and he's like kind of the guy. Totally. Yeah, so hat, hats off to Ray Diddy. Um, a long, distinguished career. Pro Football Hall of Famer, by the way. That's I right. mean, incredible. And if you get a chance, <clears throat> obviously he was a great sports writer. He's great on TV. Pick do, do the guy a favor. Pick up one of his books. Re- read something that Ray wrote. I mean, he does a nice job on the on the book front. We wish him well in retirement, and hopefully, you can catch up on some sleep with uh, with David Dodge. <laughs> um, I just wanted to bring bring one more point up uh, this evening. Talking about the Philadelphia Flyers, we haven't talked about a lot, talked a lot about the Flyers. We're in the midst of the NHL playoffs. There's been some good action going on uh, about midway through the first round of the playoffs. So obviously, the Flyers, you know, they're on vacation or on the golf course, but uh, some news broke Monday that that kind of caught my eye and, and made me think. Uh, the New York Islanders fired head coach Barry Trotz. And if you don't know Barry Trotz, he was with Nashville, uh, the Predators, for a long time. I, I, I needed to check this, and I didn't. But I believe he took them to the cup final when they lost to Pittsburgh uh, in 16 or 17. I believe he was with them. Wasn't that Lobby? That wasn't Lobby? Oh, it was Lobby. You're right. Yeah. Come on, man. I'm not even the hockey guy. Dude, it's like six years ago. But what I was also going to get to is that he ultimately got the Washington Capitals over the hump after all their failures in the playoffs um, and won the cup in 2018 over the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, And then he went to New York to coach the Islanders, uh, a team that, I don't know, not the flashiest roster, not the greatest roster. I believe the year before he took over in New York, they had given up the most goals in the NHL. He was able to shave like over 100 goals against in his first year with New York. They made back-to-back conference finals, ultimately losing to – what's that? So they beat the Flyers. Yeah, they, they did beat the Flyers. The number, one, the number one seed, if you recall. Yeah, the one seed after the bubble play-in. But, yeah, they made back-to-back Eastern Conference finals with the Islanders. They lost to Tampa Bay, who won the Cup both times. Um but I just can't help but but see this guy, you know, not out of a job, 
and the Flyers not having him at the top of the list for, for the head coaching search. Obviously, Mike Yo was informed. He's not coming back. I mean, that guy was dealt probably the worst hand in the history of hockey in terms of a team to coach and a situation, but they need to go in another direction. And with Trotz being freed up, I mean, this is a guy that they got to go after. I think a lot of people and a lot of Flyers fans would say that this is a guy that they should have went after uh, in 2019 before they hired Elaine Vigneault. Uh, I mean, obviously Vigneault had a great pedigree and whatnot, but his his knock was that he couldn't get over the hump. So then when he kind of started floundering in Philly, people were like, well, they should have hired Barry Trotz. Well, now they got the chance again. And if you pay attention to the Flyers at all, you've heard from president or CEO, whatever you want to call him now, Dave Scott uh, and general manager Chuck Fletcher, that, you know, the, the blank check is on the table for them to go get who they need to get in terms of coaches or support staff or front office or anything. So if that is true, they need to offer Barry Trotz the bag. Uh, I'm not saying this guy, if he was hired, is going to come in and take this team to the playoffs next year or fix everything immediately. But, you know, I would have a little bit of hope for some sort of turnaround if they hired a guy like Trotz rather than somebody like totally off the board. Yeah, I can't disagree. Like, I don't know who they're looking for at this point. Um, you know, Chuck Fletcher, GM, had like his end-of-season presser last week. I checked that out, and he said they're going to put together the ideal candidate and the list of traits and do, do this and that. They just need to get the checkbook out, call Barry Trotz and say, hey, come coach our team. What do you want? And and go from there. But I just couldn't couldn't help but, but bring that up with, with him being out of a job now. Can we uh, can we talk about another franchise where maybe the coach or manager should be out of a job? Sure, I think you're going Phillies. I've come to the determination, the conclusion here on Monday, May 9th, that Joe Girardi should be fired immediately. Uh, we just watched them blow a six-run lead against the Mets this weekend. They won Game One in a doubleheader on Sunday and somehow dropped game two. I mean, it's unbelievable. Like, they had a bullpen game, game two, and, like, a must-win game. Like, the minute you win game one on a doubleheader, your odds of winning game two go way up. Just, like, the especially in a game – it wasn't a day-night doubleheader. It was a back-to-back doubleheader. Like, it's very difficult to lose game two when you, when you win game one. Um, and And, you know, as I've reflected upon getting to this point, For me, the turning point was that Sunday night game with Angel Hernandez as the the umpire. When Schwarber gets jacked and chucked out of that game and Girardi comes out and he's Mr. Knight, he didn't even get tossed. I mean, how do you let your players get to the point where they're the ones arguing for both teams? Like, Girardi should have done that like three innings before. Um, I, ju- I just think he stands there. He's you got those goofy geriatric glasses with the flap rim, and he expects like Alex Rodriguez to step up to the plate and Mariano Rivera to run out of the bullpen. So I'm done with 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 Joe Girardi. Uh, seems to be a nice guy, but like has no feel. And for a guy who used to catch, you know, I used to catch. Joe Girardi used to catch. You got to have a feel for the game. 
And it seems like this guy has no feel. Like multiple times, Aaron Nola's out there in the, you know, sixth or seventh inning, and everybody in the stadium sees it coming. And then it's three-run homer, and everybody's shocked, and now we're going to the bullpen. I mean, it, it happens all the time. So they got to get rid of this guy. I, I wonder how long it's going to take for Middle, Middleton to uh, pull the plug. I mean, maybe he gives them May. But with the amount of money they're spending on this team and the results that they're getting, it's pathetic. I mean, personally, I feel like – with the hockey and the basketball playoffs going on right now and, and just the, the flat start from the Phillies, like I'll check in on them a- after the Stanley cup and the NBA finals. And if, if anything's going on, maybe I'll tune in and, or I'll check back in August and then training camp will take over. But no, I mean, you mentioned the, the angel Hernandez night and Schwarber get, getting tossed out. I mean, that rubbed me the wrong way. Schwarber's hot as hell. He gets tossed. And then Joe Girardi walks out like a limp dick and brings nothing to the table. Uh, and then, you know, there's been talk about the lineup all year since since game one. And one week he says he's going to do one thing and we're going to mix the lineup up uh, and see what works. And then like two weeks later, he says we're going to stay with this lineup. Like this is our starting lineup for the foreseeable future. And then like three games later, he's back to flipping it around and shuffling around. So I feel like this guy just doesn't have any sense of direction. He's just firing from the hip. Um, and, and no it, feel. Yeah, he's got no feel. And it, it, when when you lead like that, when you manage like that, you you have no command of, of your team. Yeah, I mean, I, I totally agree, G. Like, the guy has no feel. You know, you, you make a, a bunch of really good points. But, you know, interestingly, I guess it was Friday night. Um, I don't even know. I don't even know that I was having a couple cold ones. I think I was just up late and reminiscing on the good old days. And uh, it was, you know. The, the forecast was looking bad for the weekend, so I wasn't going to be up early Saturday morning for golf or otherwise. And so I go on YouTube and I type in uh, 2008 Phillies highlights. OK. And I uh, I pulled up, you know how they do the, the video yearbook where they, you know, they have a guy narrate it and they take you through every month and all the big games and the big yep. moments and yep. the guys. So I, I, I put the one on for 2008. And Brad Lidge is narrating it. And like almost immediately, you know, they talk about spring training and Charlie Manuel is like gassing up the guys in spring training, talking about having to want it, taking the next step. Like they were talking in the clubhouse about like going like unfinished business in the playoffs. We are going to the World Series. We're going to win 100 games this year. Like I, I don't I don't see a lot of teams doing that. I mean, they were literally calling their shot. And Charlie Manuel was like gassing up the guys. So, you know, you're watching all the highlights of these games. And you were, I remember some of them because I watched probably, if not all of them, you know, at least 140 of those games that year. And you, you, you watch some of these comeback wins that they have. You know, they're down three in the ninth, down two in the ninth. They're, win- they're coming back and winning these games in like the eighth and ninth inning. So they get to my boy Jason Wirth. And they ask, you know, J-Dub, he had a big month, big numbers. I think he had like eight RBIs in a game, set a Phillies record. Oh, Jason, what, what is it What is it that's, that's uh, starting to click for you? And he goes, well, you know, there's something to be said about rolling, rolling a consistent lineup out there. You know, uh, I, I feel comfortable. I know I'm going to be in the lineup. I'll be out in right field. I'll be hitting fifth or wherever he was hitting. 
And uh, I know I know how my my teammates play and I know the types of things they do well. And we just feed off each other. So like to your point about Girardi, oh, we're going to stick with this lineup. And then three days later, it's a different lineup. And uh, today's a bullpen day because two guys caught COVID. I mean, the guy has no continuity. The players have no clue what's going on. And it's just disgusting. So I can't wait until the ax drops on this guy's head. I never really liked the hire to begin with because, I mean, in some ways, it's it's like you and I could have won a World Series with that Yankees team. Like, it, it was, all right, guys, you know, you pencil in Jeter at the top of the lineup, you know, A-Rod three or four, you know, Mariana Rivera for the ninth. Like, how hard is that? No, nah, not very hard. Another thing you kind of look at is, and I, I don't know how the season ultimately ended, but, like, didn't Gabe Kapler just absolutely pop off with San Francisco? Yep. So, like. Clearly, it wasn't a coaching thing. I mean, maybe he wasn't the perfect fit for for the Phillies at at the time, and they didn't make the playoffs or anything, but, like, the guy goes somewhere else and makes the playoffs, and then they bring in old man Girardi like he's going to light a fire under this team and and get them going. It's just been more of the same. No, I I think they got to – like, if they get rid of Girardi, and I I didn't – I did – I'll tell you right now, zero research on the guys that are out there. Zero research on, like, the names that are out there, like – you had Barry Trotz ready to go for the Flyers. Um, you know, the name I always go back to, the name that was always like floated whenever the Phillies, like back in the early 2000s or mid 2000s, were playing poorly and they're like, they got to make a change. The name was Jimmy Leland, you know, Marlins winning manager. I, I don't even know if the guy's alive. In some ways, this is like the Herb McGee rant. If he can still, you know, talk and see and stand like Jim Leland, like I, you know, I don't know what to say. Um, but if you're going for a guy that probably isn't on Medicare quite yet, possibly close, but not not quite yet, I wouldn't mind a guy like Clint Hurdle. Um, you know, coached coached the Rockies that one year. They went to uh, the World Series uh, against against the Red Sox. You know, they had some big big numbers from that offense that year. And people forget, like this guy goes to. Pittsburgh, which was generally just a dog shit franchise for all those years. And, you know, they made the playoffs some of those years. And I think he had a round of 500 records. So nothing glamorous. Like, don't get me wrong. Not a glamorous name, but a guy who would provide some stewardship of the of the veterans. And I think be a different voice than, you know, the Joe Girardi. Well, you know, we're going to do this today and we're going to do that. Like, give me a Clint Hurdle. Like, let's throw a lip in. Let's bend that bill a little bit. You know, Clint Hurdle's got that bent bill. He's not wearing that flat brim like Joe Girardi. Let's throw a freaking big wad of tobacco in, bend the bill with Clint Hurdle, and let's go get some wins. That's really what they need. They just, they just, they just need somebody to steer the boat. I mean, it's just baseball. How much managing do you really have to do? You, you just, much, you, you just got to gel, gel with the guys. Do you know, get some feedback, be consistent. And provide some direction. I mean, Christ, it can't be that friggin' hard. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll have to check up on on Clan and, and and Jimmy Leland for you. Um, but I I got nothing else there. Good. And we'll round out this this week's episode, episode forty seven. We told you at the top, it's a double bone to pick of the week episode. Uh, Bob, I mean, you you hit me. We recorded the last podcast, what, last Tuesday? I think you hit me Tuesday night after we recorded or, or Wednesday with this. And, you know, you're mark this one down. This has to be brought up on the pod. It's a bone to pick. I said, all right. Um, so we'll throw it over to you. But first, this bone to pick of the week, our earlier bone to pick of the week, as always, is brought to you by Shamrock Sun. 
It's the big-ass bottle of sunscreen that you need for this spring and this summer. It's delivered to your door by subscription uh, at shamrocksun.com or from Amazon. Uh, catch them at shamrocksun.com on Instagram. And, uh, yeah, just take care of your skin in this spring and summer. Now, thanks, G. This is a, a bone that is uh, a long time coming. We finally have a situation where the bone can be picked. But I think everyone can empathize with the bone that's about to be picked. And I'd like a ruling from you. I'd like a little bit of a debate. This isn't going to be me ranting. Like, I want to get a little back and forth here and get your take. Um, so a, a good friend of mine uh, is getting married. Congrats to him and his, his wonderful fiance. They're getting married in July. And last July, there was discussion around setting up a bachelor party, primarily a golf trip, but 12 guys heading down to Hilton Head in an Airbnb. They booked uh, an Airbnb on the beach. You know, wonderful house, it looked like, a uh, big pool. Uh, we sent a Venmo to the best man for $450, uh, all 12 guys, and uh, we're off and running, ready to go. Well, you know, maybe six months ago, uh, the best man gets a notification from Airbnb. The house has been sold. You know, the owner must have taken taken advantage of the market. So we're we're back at square one. Now, keep in mind, they don't give like a refund. You get a credit. So what ends up happening is we, uh, uh, you know, we go and we we book a place down at St. Augustine. Now, this is, again, six months ago. Um, so we're booked for St. Augustine. The golf rounds are now booked. The money has been paid for the Airbnb as of July of last year. And uh, 12 guys. I mean, it's tough to find an Airbnb for 12 guys. Normally, I'm a hotel guy. You know, I like the ability to you know, have someone come in and you know, fix your sheets and take the trash out, that type of thing. But we did the Airbnb. Well, we're getting ready to go on this bachelor party. It's about six weeks away. And Tuesday night at 9.55, now keep in mind, you know, you get, you know, the group chats, the, the, the chain chats that you get when you're on these bachelor parties. I'm an email guy, but you gotta, you know, sometimes these chats come about. Tuesday at 9.55, now, this is from a phone number that I don't have saved, okay? And I'll just preface this by saying, I don't want to kill this guy. Uh, I don't want to hammer him, but, like, we've all been there, and we just have to talk about it. Tuesday night, 9.55 p.m., <clears throat> and I quote, Yo, guys, I got a situation, and I hope you guys would understand. Something last minute came up that's conflicting with the week of the bachelor party, and I won't be able to make it. My dad's birthday is June 21st, and my mom bought tickets to a concert for my dad's 60th birthday on, her, on the 25th for her whole family without realizing the date. It's a concert he was going to see before the pandemic, pushed it back until this time, and she's making it a whole surprise party. I did the math, and it would only be an extra $40 per person for the Airbnb so I can get my money back. Sorry to put you all in this situation, but I'm pretty stuck. So I read this text message on Tuesday night. And gee, I kid you not, like it didn't even process in my brain. Like it was one of those texts that you get because it's like not a number you've saved where you like give it that once over. You know what I mean? You, you just have the glazed eyes and you're like, oh, like a text came in. You click on it and then maybe somebody, you know, text you. So it like pops up on the top and you click out of it. And then since you're in now, you're like known messages like you don't really see the messages from. the. 
So it was one of those things where like I might have read half of it, but it didn't register. So that was Tuesday at 9.55 p.m. On Wednesday at 8.29 p.m., another text comes in to the group chat. Folks, it's the same number. (laughs) Hey, guys. (laughs) Just wondering what your thoughts were. It would really help me out in this situation right now, and I can't get out of it. It would only add $40 more for each of you for the Airbnb. I can't get out of the situation since my mom has this whole thing planned for my dad, and my mom needs me to be here. I hate to ask, but I really need the money. So, look, you know, I don't mean to kill the kid, kill the guy, whoever it is, whatever. Um, I know who it is. I got the name. I don't know the guy personally. So, I, you know, if it was like you or some someone I was friendly with, I'd full-blown rip them. But we've all been in this situation where something gets booked and people back out. And now, does the cash stay in the pot? Does it come out? Do people pay more? So, I did the math. I'm showing up a day late. I'm leaving a day early. So I'm going to request, I think I may request $16 from every person in the Airbnb due to the fact that I'm leaving early. No, I would never do that. But I think, I think in your late twenties and early thirties, there comes a time where you just have to take the L and like eat the cash and like, look, you know, I don't know. I don't know the guy personally. I think everybody's financial situation is different. What I will say is if like, couple hundred bucks is kind of the end all be all. Maybe, you know, maybe if that's the case, you shouldn't have signed up to begin with. You should just like backed out. Um, We talked earlier about my good friend, Party Marty, sending $200 to the guys when he couldn't make a bachelor party because of his wife being pregnant. I thought that was a class act. So it kind of gives you an idea. Like if if you got invited and you can't go, you might Venmo 100 bucks or 200 bucks, right, for a round of drinks. Um, So I just had a, you know, this was a bone to pick of mine, a long time coming. It kind of encompasses all of it, the Airbnb, the inflexibility of the Airbnb. I hate Airbnbs. Uh, the idea that now people are going to be popped for an extra 40, which isn't a lot in the grand scheme of things. But I thought it would be a funny story to share. Nobody responded, G. Nobody that, responded. That was going to be my first first question. Like Everyone just left this guy radio silent for 24 hours, and then he had to fire off another paragraph. And then nobody responded for another hour. And then someone sent a text. Yeah, what was the first response? The first response was from yours truly. Here's what I said. And this isn't like your boy either. I don't even know who this guy is. (laughs) So he sent the text, the second text, Wednesday at 8.29 p.m. I responded at... 9.43 p.m. I will personally give you $100 if you join my podcast this coming week to discuss the situation. 10 to 15 minutes tops. Did we get anything back? No. No response. Wow. So I love to get your take. I mean, what's the protocol here? What is your take on the situation at hand? You know, the idea that you know, in some ways you are the insurance policy, all the other guys are the insurance policy. Like what's your take here, G? Yeah, that's not fair. I mean, first of all, I'm, I'm, I'm a little, I'm a little taken back that you're like a, an email on an Airbnb, not an Airbnb guy, but I mean, that, that that's really not the point of the story here. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I guess I feel for the guy a little bit, but like he paid in, in July. So it's been almost a year since he, you know, made the initial deposit. 
and, and he didn't figure out that he couldn't make it until six weeks out. Is that correct? Am I am I understanding this correctly? So that's the best part. It's like you would think his his dad's birthday shifted. Like, oh, it's June this year. <laughs> like, the bachelor party dates were set. Like, so I don't understand how, like, all of a sudden it's like, oh, my God, it's my dad's 60th this year. Like, you sh- did you not know that? Yeah, how do, how do you not know that? that that's totally bizarre. Um, I mean, listening to the text message, he, he's weaving in all the family stuff. And did, was there something in there about how, how they haven't been able to go to this concert because of the pandemic? Was that in there as well? So I don't want to put anybody on blast, but there were some side texts going on. And uh, the best man, <laughs> well, I'm, we're just going to put it out there. So I was texting with the best man. And I said to the best man, like, what's going on here? I thought these communicate, like normally that communication doesn't go to the group. Like it goes to the best man, right? So I texted the best man and I said, look, dude, like what's going on here? Why is my phone getting blown up? This is before I sent the response. Like you, you should be handling this. Like what's the deal? And the best man just responded with the screenshots. So the request was asked of the best man and we got the whole rundown. And I quote, it's Motley Crue, Def Leppard, Poison, and Joan Jett and the Blackhearts. So it's a big concert. And the closest they will be to Philly this year is Chicago. So this is our only shot to see them. I honestly feel bad, but I think I'm going to have to back out. Wanted to make sure I can still get my money back before we bought the tickets. So hang on a second here. What's going on? What's yeah, the what, se- what is going on, dude? What's the sequence of this decision tree? Dude, that, that that's bizarre. Like so so, so you it, know what the best man says. Unfortunately, the 450 went only towards the Airbnb. We split it up evenly. I cannot ask everyone else to pay now. I'm sorry. You would think dead matter. Wouldn't you think? Oh, okay. Like I'll just take the L. Yeah, I, with the timing um Yeah, with the timing, I think I think you just got to eat it and say you know, enjoy it. You know, we've all been on bachelor parties and to things where something doesn't shake out. You lose a few shackles, but you know, you can't cry over spilt milk. And this guy knew you knew when your dad's birthday was, I mean, maybe you didn't know that, that, that Def Leppard was making their only appearance in the greater Philadelphia area for the first time in 30 years. Um, but like, yeah, you, you just got to eat it at this point and say like, like, Nobody's going to be mad if you're just like, hey, I can't make it. But for him to go to the best man and kind of get next and then to just fire it off to the group. Hey, guys, I'm going to need 40 bucks a head back. Thanks. Like that, I don't think that would be the approach. No, nah, it's a bad approach. So then he res- he responded to the best man and he did the math. The guy must have been a math major. If I'm doing the math correctly, it'd only be an extra 40. Could you at least ask everybody? I didn't know my mom was doing this and I'm stuck. And the best man said, you're more than welcome to, group t- to send, send it to the group text. And then he did, which I was shocked about. But look, this isn't a personal thing. I think everybody's been in a situation where this has occurred on a bachelor party. And what we're here to do on Thoughts in the Shade is just bring these situations to light, talk about it, talk about the, we talk about golf etiquette. Now we need to talk about, you know, how these bachelor party cancellations occur. And I'll just say something very shortly. I don't want to speak for you, 
but nearly every destination bachelor party that I've been on that hasn't revolved around golf. So the big preface there, because this is a golf bachelor party, so it wouldn't apply to this one. But every bachelor party I've been on where I've had to get on a plane and it wasn't a golf trip. If you told me the night before the trip that all it would take for me to back out was the deposit for the Airbnb, like the 450, 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10. You'd be out every time? I'd be out every fucking time. Like, I didn't, this would be the easiest auto eject of all time. Like, so it's a long way of saying to pay 450 to not go on a bachelor party is a lot of times like the greatest. Like, that, the ROI on that is infinity. Yeah, he's going to save a lot of cash by not going. But the problem is, is it sounds like his own mother's plans for his father's 60th birthday bash. Uh, at Def Leppard is contingent upon him getting 450 back fr- from the other guys in the party, which is just totally bizarre. Like he said, I-, I don't know. I didn't know my mom was planning this, but like, it sounds like she needs the cash for, oh, so for these, these concert the tickets. I, I mean, I, I like you said it up top, like we don't know the financial situation, but like, what is the correlation between them going to this concert and him getting the money back? I mean, I, granted, now, if I wa- if I wasn't going, would I feel bad about being out four fifty? Sure, but like the the way the story and the, and the messages are, are are being ripped off, it just sounds like like he's on the hook for these tickets. Whereas, like, if I had another event that came up last minute and I really couldn't go on the bachelor party, it, I, I wouldn't, I don't think that I would just fire off to the boys like, Hey, uh, I need this cash to buy these tickets for something else. Can you guys all send it back? And, 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 I, and yeah. I'm going to ultimately charge you more to go on this trip. Cause I'm not going and I got to go do something else. I mean, this would be, a, I guess I give the guy credit for at least being like upfront and honest, but like, if if you were like a total scumbag, which I'm not insinuating that this guy is, I don't know this guy. I think it was just, in, you know what I mean? One of those deals where maybe you're, because I think it's in some ways you're a reflection of your friends. So like if you go on a bachelor party and like, let's say he's been on bachelor parties where his boys have done this and they think like nothing of it, there's like, oh, okay. Like, here you go. Like he probably just thinks this is like common practice. Um, but the move would have been, Oh shit, you know, a day before I caught COVID. Anyway, I can get my cash back. Now I guess you couldn't then upload the Joan Jet pictures to Instagram and Facebook, but what are you gonna do? The happy sixtieth dad. Yeah, it would be a bad and, and not and not tag dad because he's not on Instagram. Because mom and dad aren't on Instagram because it's mother is it Father's Day that weekend? Dude, it could be Father's Day. <laughs> June. So that's my bone to pick of the week. The corollary is this is another reason why I'm anti Airbnb. I don't think it's that much cheaper than hotels. And I also think when you have large groups now, gee, you've killed me. You've killed me for the hotel bachelor party. But the idea is a guy can't come. Two guys can't come. Great. Cancel your room. Who gives a shit? Yeah. Now that, that, that flexibility part is, is a pro there's pros and cons to both. I just, sure. I'm, I think I'm pro Airbnb. Cause I think like, 
you know, obviously you have plans and you go out and everything, but I think like the best part of, of spending time with the boys is like the congregation at the end of the day after the rounds of golf or after the night at the bar and everyone's just like two sheets of the wind, just laying around in some, some big living room kitchen area, just telling, recounting all the stories that, that went down rather than just going back with, you know, your, your bunk mate in the hotel room and shut it down. You're a camaraderie guy. Huge camaraderie guy. Yeah. There's pros yeah, and cons. To both. Pros and cons. There's, there's pros and cons, but I mean, do I feel bad that this fellow's out 450? Sure, it hurts, but like you're gonna save the cash from not going on the trip. You don't have to pay for the golf, the the booze, the transportation, anything else that that's going into it, and, and you just move on. But to to have, I mean, I feel like that takes some balls to to just fire off the text and hey guys, I was hoping to get my my forty ahead back because I did the math. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, can we check the math too? Like, that's an interesting. <laughs> and like, uh, I don't, I don't think I'd be like sharing the story. Like, I don't know. Like, yeah, I, don't know I, I think I would just be like, hey, like, I really, like, unfortunately, I really can't make it. Um, you know, if you guys would consider giving me some money back, great. If not, I'll live with it and just move on. But like, yeah. I understand yep. it, it's family for the guy and stuff and, and you want to be there, but like you're, you're, you're like a grown man and your mom's telling you what to do. Like, do you, do you really want to go to, to Def Leppard and be with the fam? Like I'm, I'd like to spend a lot of family time, but if I was in 450, I'd be like, yo mom, I'm going on this fucking trip. Yeah. Like, can we, ce- can we celebrate like dad's birthday? Like the weekend before, like, what are we doing? Yeah. I don't know. Uh, yeah, that's that, that's a bizarre one, and it doesn't sound like. I mean, maybe maybe for for his folks, the concert is like a can't miss event, but is it for him? I, I don't know. <laughs> Wouldn't be for me. I'm I, I'm coming out of this with more questions than answers. I think. Yeah, I think your approach. If you're gonna ask for back, you almost have to like. You have to say like, ah, oh, something unforeseen came up. I'm not gonna be able to make it. You know, I I know. I know, you know, I'm not gonna be able to get all my money back, but if, if there's a possibility of getting, getting a couple bucks back, you know, I'd greatly appreciate it. If not, no worries, put it towards the house. And then you get a little bit of the sympathy and people yeah. be like, all right, we'll give them a hundred, we'll give them 200 bucks. Yeah. And I, I think most, most reasonable groups would, would probably compromise on something like that. So hopefully it works out for the fella, you know, ho- hopefully his financials are okay. Hopefully they can get the tickets. The father has a great, great birthday. They enjoy the show and hopefully you and the rest of the gang have a good time on the trip. Yeah. I, w- I wish the guy, <clears throat> you know, a great, a great concert. I do. I will say like, if it was a monetary issue, do you think he would have joined the pod? I mean, that was a pretty lucrative offer. A hundred bucks for 15 minutes. It's 400 an hour. He got about. He would have got twenty five percent back of what he lost in the the deposit for the Airbnb. That was my thinking. I said, let's get him some cash back. Bring him on. We can debate. You can give a ruling, but you know, here we are giving a rule. I mean, it's pretty one sided, but you know, it is what it is. That's it, man. Anything else to get to tonight? I think that's all I got, G. We'll leave the people with a couple bones. We'll leave them with Game Five Tuesday night Sixers Heat. The fandom of the process is dragging the Sixers and the Sixer fans through the month of May. Thank God, because the Phillies blow. Um, and that's it. We'll uh, we'll talk to everybody next week. Thank you for listening. Thank you to Menard Premium Detailing as well. 
uh, the best auto detail service in Bucks County. Catch them at BernardPremiumDetailing.com on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. And, uh, yeah, go get your car cleaned up. It's a nice time of year to have your car looking good. The weather's finally cranking again. Um, and, yeah, we'll talk to everybody next week. Take care.